Welcome to the Dogwood Podcast, a presentation of Dogwood Church. For more information, visit dogwood.church. Join us now as Pastor Keith shares today's message. It caused me to to go back and remember, think through how I came to faith in Jesus Christ. And I I went back and I kind of relived that journey and... um, the, the time that it took and the places and the people and the events and the, the, whole, uh, the whole process. Uh, and and I, I wonder, how did you meet Jesus? How did you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ? It also made me uh, ponder uh, and wonder about uh, the ways that most people come to know, come to love, come to follow uh, Jesus as their their Lord and Savior, how they come to trust Him. Uh, Because if you're considering, if you're here today, and usually there's some people here considering the claims of Christ, if you're in the services today and you're considering uh, Christ and possibly becoming His follower you may have found it difficult to find your way to Him. It might have been a little tough. And um, if you're already a Christian, and there are people in your life that you know and love and like and care about who you want to see come to faith, you may have found it uh, a little difficult to find the best way to go about helping them, to influence them. Because, And we want to give people the, the clearest most direct path to know Christ, don't we? I mean, we don't want to make it harder uh, than it needs uh, to be. How, so my question is, how might that best work? How might that best work? As I thought about these things, I was reminded of uh, a story in the, the Scriptures. It's in the writings of the Apostle John, John the Apostle, in his gospel, the gospel according to John, in the very first chapter, beginning at about verse 35 down through uh, 51. And so if you've got a Bible available to you there, you may want to turn to the gospel of John. It's the fourth book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, chapter 1, verse 35. Hard copy, digital copy. Uh, I want to walk you through that story. Here's Here's the setting. There was a man named John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist is not the same as John the Apostle who wrote the Gospel of John. John the Apostle is writing to tell us about John the Baptist. There was a man uh, named John the Baptist. He was actually the cousin uh, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. John was very clear on his life purpose. And and we all can be and should be. uh, But he was very clear on his reason for existence, his main purpose in life, he would say it was to be submitted to God of the Bible, to the God of the Bible, God the Father. I am going to be submitted to God the Father. And the way that he expressed practically his submission to God the Father was by communicating to his own Jewish people, the Jewish people of his day, that God, the God of the Hebrew Scriptures what we know is the Old Testament, that God was about to do something magnificent. God was about to fulfill a, His promise and prophecy, a prophecy that was hundreds and hundreds of years old, that He was, he was going to send 
what the scripture, the person the scriptures called the Messiah, the Christ, that, that God himself was going to step out of heaven, take on flesh, show up in the form of a human being and set up his kingdom, his reign and rule in the hearts and the lives of people. And that the, the beginning of this kingdom, this fulfillment of scripture, this fulfillment of prophecy was going to come very, very soon. He began to say it's going to be very, very soon. And so John the Baptist, John the Baptist challenged all of his Jewish countrymen to repent of their sins. Since, since God's about to show up, the Messiah's about to show up, you, what do we do? You should repent of your sins. You know, what he means by that is that they should turn from their self-centered, selfish living, self-directed life, se- turn from self-righteousness and trust in God-righteousness, that they should stop living as if they had no need of God, stop living as practical atheists, like God really doesn't exist even though we know He he does. So He's calling on them to repent and to show it publicly by being baptized. So John was doing this. He was preparing the way for uh, the Lord Jesus when He came that people's hearts would be ready for Him. Now there's the setting. John the Baptist had uh, disciples. Now, uh, the, the, the word disciple literally means learner. There were, there were people who were following John, uh, learning about the, the things of God from John, and they did it in kind of an on-the-job training fashion. They literally, they physically followed him. I mean, they, they followed him around listening to his teaching, watching what he did, what he said, and so there was a group there who uh, did this. Some of them, they were from all kinds of backgrounds. Some were farmers, some were fishermen, commercial fishermen. Some were uh, um, political activists. Some were tax collectors. Some were had been religious all their lives. Some were just kind of awakening to uh, religion. And so they were together. And one day, as John was preaching and baptizing people in the region of the Jordan River, just a little bit in your mind's eye, get a picture of the ancient Palestine, the map in your mind. There's Jerusalem and Judea in the southern part of Palestine, just a little bit um, northeast of uh, Jerusalem uh, in in the wilderness area around the Jordan River. People were coming out to hear him. Uh, As he was teaching and preaching and baptizing people that day, Jesus showed up and he spotted him and he pointed Jesus out to two of his disciples, at least two of his disciples. He said, look, here's the Lamb of God. He said, here's the one I've been talking about and looking for all of my life. He's the one we've been waiting for. This is him. This is the one. This is Jesus. This is him. And so two of his disciples left John and and went to Jesus physically where he was. The, the scriptures say there in the story that uh, one of them was named Andrew, and it says Andrew and the other disciple. Now, most scholars believe that that was the way that John the apostle who's writing this story referred to himself. So most likely it was Andrew and John the apostle. Um, that we know as the apostle. And so they, they went to Jesus 
And Jesus noticed them and he asked them a penetrating question. Jesus always asked penetrating questions of people. He turned and saw them and he said, uh, what are you looking for? And uh, they answered Jesus with a funny question. Where are you staying? You know, people always want to know where the pastor lives. Do you notice that? They do. And so, um, uh, so he, uh, where are you staying? Where are you staying? And Jesus, so Jesus met them right where they were with their own questions and problems and character flaws and backgrounds, and, and he just issued an invitation to them. He said, come and you'll see. Come and you'll see. He offers that invitation to people down through the ages. Come and see. Come and check me out. Come and see. Well, they did, and, and they stayed with Jesus all the rest of that day up until 4 o'clock in the, in the afternoon. That must have been a long, deep, fascinating conversation with them asking Jesus about who He was and the Messiah and the kingdom of God and how all these things are going to work. They ceased following John the Baptist and began to follow Jesus. They became followers of Jesus on that day. And so here's the picture. John the Baptist, the, this prophet of God, brought two of his disciples, his associates, to Jesus. The spiritual mentor led the uh, mentees or his students or those following him to Jesus. Well, here's what happened next. In verse 40, Andrew, one of those disciples, moved by meeting the Christ, immediately went to an immediate family member. He had a brother named Simon. Simon was a commercial fisherman. And so he went and found him. Now we're not sure where he was, but he was either probably either fishing, commercial fishing, hard work, or at the fish market selling uh, fish, probably one of those two places. But he found him and he blurts out his own story. He told him his own story. Andrew told Simon what had he had personally experienced and witnessed when it came to Jesus. I have found, we have found the Messiah. We found the Messiah, the Christ. In other words, he says, Simon, I've found what I've been looking for my whole life, Jesus the Christ. And so then Andrew physically took Simon and brought him to the place where Jesus was, a brother brought his brother. An immediate family member brought an immediate family member to uh, Jesus. And so Jesus looks at Simon and he could see not only what he currently was, which was a big, blustering, erratic, uh, hot-headed, uh, probably a little bit foul-mouthed, blue-collar commercial fisherman. He liked, Not only what he was, but he looked forward to see what he and who he could become, and who and what he would become should he give himself to the Lord Jesus. He would become a great spiritual leader of men, one of the founders of uh, the, the church. And so Peter uh, responded. Jesus, Jesus gave him a new name. He called him Cephas, which is Peter, which means rock. You're, you're this erratic guy all over the place now, but you're going to become a spiritual rock and leader. And uh, Simon followed him. Simon began to follow him. So he became a follower of Jesus. So we've got John the Baptist brought two of his 
associates to Jesus. And then we have Andrew bringing his brother Simon to Jesus. And this, this train, this movement keeps rolling. If you look in verse 43, the very next day Jesus was preparing to take uh, a trip back home north from the southern region of Judea, north to the um, uh, uh, province of Galilee, where his home province, his hometown, Nazareth, was there. And uh, he was preparing. That was a pretty good trip. It was, I would, I'm just guesstimating here that from Jerusalem to the southern edge of uh, Galilee was probably 50 miles. It was a 70-mile trip from Jerusalem north to his hometown in Nazareth. So pretty good journey if you're walking, or, and I imagine that he, uh, that he was. So he's preparing to take a trip, but he notices a man himself named Philip. And he sought out Philip directly. Jesus went to Philip directly. Now, we, we know from reading about Philip in the few other accounts in the Scriptures that we have of him that he was just an ordinary guy. He was kind of a background guy. He was, he was not the big uh, guy out on the billboard. He was not a, an extrovert necessarily, just a normal guy like you and me. Sometimes he seemed in a little over his head in what he was involved in. Uh, I'm speculating here, but he may have lacked the initiative to pursue Jesus himself. So Jesus came to him. By the way, he, he pursues us all. Jesus pursues every, every one of us. And so Jesus came to him, he invited Philip to follow him, become his disciple, and Philip responded. He became a follower of Jesus also. So here's what we have so far in our story. We have John the Baptist, a spiritual mentor, bringing his associates to meet Jesus. Then we have one of those associates, Andrew, going and bringing his immediate family member, his brother Simon, to Jesus. And now we see Jesus approaching someone directly, Philip, and calling him to him himself. Well, then Philip, this kind of quiet background kind of guy, maybe even a shy person, could, could have been, goes to a close friend, a good friend, his friend by the name of Nathaniel. He immediately found his friend uh, Nathaniel, and he told Nathaniel, I have found the Christ. Well, actually, Christ found him. But he said, I have found the Christ, and he described him this way. He said, I have found the one that Moses and the prophets have written about. Now, anytime you see in the, in the New Testament the term the Moses and the prophets, uh, that, is a, that is a phrase that is referring to the Hebrew Scriptures. It's referring to uh, the Old Testament Scriptures. He said, he said, I have found the one that our Scriptures, the inspired Word of God, has told us about, has written about, that we've been looking for for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. He's, he, I have found Christ Himself. His name is, He is Jesus of Nazareth. Well, Nathaniel apparently was just a little bit Skeptical. Nathaniel had become a skeptic. I would say Nathaniel had even become a little bit cynical. It appears he'd become somewhat cynical. You, you may be here today and be skeptical about uh, the things of God or about Jesus Christ or His followers or His church. Uh, there, it's easy to get there. It's easy to become skeptical. It's easy to become then cynical a little a, a little hard-hearted. Uh, cynics, um, cynics may not be uh, hostile, uh, but they have they have veiled uh, 
shout, veiled hostility in that they kind of joke about the things of God and His people. I've got, I've got several friends in, uh, in town who are, are they're a little bit cynical, they're a little bit skeptical, and so the way, they, the way they hold God at an arm's length is they kind of joke with His people about it. Now, I love them and they love me. We're friends. I mean, there's nothing hostile between us, but when they see me, they, they want to keep me from getting serious about the things, so they, they tell jokes about the faith a little bit. Uh, they're not sure that this is true, that this is anything to all this, but they think that if it might be true, that I could be one of the regional reps. And so they, they kind of engage with me a little bit on it. Uh, Allison and I see one when we're on our walk. Uh, saw him this week, and he always kind of jokes a little bit about things of faith. And he's actually, he's pretty funny about it. But I know what he's doing. I've seen it long enough. Nathaniel was at least there. I think he had become somewhat agnostic uh, because he says, where is this Messiah from? This one. Now, if you'll study the history, you'll know that there had been a lot of false messiahs, a lot of people who had claimed to be the one sent from God, but they weren't him. Uh, One of our police officers years ago who worked... uh, in the inner city, uh, uh, we were at a, at a gathering, and uh, he said, Do you talk to Jesus this morning? And I said, Yes. And I said, Have you talked to him? He said, I talked to three or four of them uh, yesterday on the job. <laughs> Street people who are a little deluded. I'm Jesus. I'm Jesus Christ. You know, but in that day, there were some, there were some who really, they, um, but they were false Christs. So there had been some false messiahs. And so Nathaniel, he's just about given up on the whole thing. Well, okay, where's this Messiah from? And Philip said, Nazareth. Well, that didn't help Nathaniel at all. Because you remember, every, it, it, we learned that it was prophesied that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. You'll remember that, right? I mean, we just had Christmas. You remember, you know, that was when <laughs> we talked about that every Christmas. And, and so, uh, the, you know, the scholars in King Herod's court, even in the Christmas story, had a little difficulty because, uh, uh, you know, they're, he's supposed to be born in Bethlehem, but he's from Nazareth. No, 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 no. He can't, he can't be from Nazareth. He's supposed to be from Bethlehem. Yet Jesus was born in Bethlehem in his hometown, though, was Nazareth. And you with me? Okay, good. Okay. Anyway, and so you see why, you know, Nathaniel was skeptical about the Nazareth thing too. Nazareth, he said, that's where, yeah, right. That's where all the bogus Christ come from. So it must have been a hotbed of uh, uh, weird spiritual things up in that area. Uh, but he, so he was, he was somewhat skeptical, maybe even agnostic. Now, it's okay to be agnostic. And the definition of an agnostic when it comes to Christianity is this. I don't know if, if there is a God, and I don't know if Jesus is Him or not. I don't know one way or the other. But there are two types of agnostics. There are honest agnostics and dishonest agnostics. And so you may be an agnostic here today. I, I want to ask you the question, which are you, honest or dishonest? A, an honest agnostic says, I don't know, but I'd like to know. And I'm willing to come and see and find out. 
A dishonest agnostic says, oh, I don't know if there's one or not, but I really don't want to know, and I don't want you to bug me, and I'm not willing to look at any evidence. I'm not will- I mean, you're really just running from God. So are you an honest agnostic or a dishonest agnostic? You at least should know what you are. Well, it ap- apparently Nathaniel was an honest agnostic because what do you say to someone who's skeptical? I think this is a great strategy, Steve. Right here he just says, Philip says to him, just a loving challenge. Well, come and see. See it there? Come and see. Come and see for yourself. Come and see. Come and check out Jesus for yourself. Now, our church is a come and see church. Always has been, always will be. We, this is a safe place if you're a skeptic or if you have questions or you're on the journey to try to check out the claims of Christ. Come and see. And over time, we will try to explain best we can Jesus and His will and His ways for you. So Philip offers this challenge to Nathaniel, come and see, and he did. He was an honest agnostic. And you know what? Nathaniel did it and he became, he met Jesus, he became a follower of Christ as well. What a chain of events. Here we are, we have a spiritual mentor, John the Baptist, bringing two of his disciples to meet Jesus personally. And then one of them, Andrew, goes and gets his brother, an immediate family member, brings him to Jesus. Then Jesus approaches Philip himself and calls him to himself. And then Philip, this shy, gracious guy, goes to his skeptical friend Nathaniel and and with a gracious challenge, come and see, come and see, please come and see. He comes and brings him to Jesus himself uh, as well. So you see, People that you know, people that you love, people that you care about can meet Jesus if you will bring them. If you will bring them. If you will bring them. Because the question I asked you earlier, how does this best work? Here's how it best works. People best meet Jesus along lines of relationships along lines of relationships. The good news of Jesus has always spread along lines of relationships. And so I'm asking you to spend the rest of your life leveraging all of your relationships to bring people that you know, love, like, and care for to Christ. Leverage your relationships. It's the way that it works best. It's highly likely... The answer to the question that I gave you at the few minutes ago, 15 minutes ago at the first of this talk was, uh, how did you meet Jesus? Probably along the lines of some relationship, a pastor or, you, or a mom or a dad or a friend or a co-worker, uh, an extended family member, a neighbor, uh, highly likely. And so we're going we're gonna to start. Um, I want to give you some instructions. Here's what I want you to do little homework time. I'm going to give you seven or eight minutes to do this. Uh, at the end of each row, on the right end of each row, the offering baskets are there. They're under the wrong, they're on the other end. So I want you to get one. If you're on the right end, get that basket, pass it down, and you will find some three by five cards there. Three by five cards. Just this size, just like this. Just like this. Got them? I want you to take two. And see, I've got some instructions on the screens for you there. And I want you to take a, uh, a pen. You're going to need a pen. 
And here's what I'd like for you to do. I want you to make two identical lists, two identical lists uh, on your cards. Uh, Think through your circles of relationships, your immediate family, your close friends, your extended family, uh, your, your neighbors, your work associates, or students, your, your classmates, they're your work associates. Um, acquaintances you have out in your community. But see, in these ever-expanding circles of relationships that God has providentially created for you, there are people who do not yet know Jesus. Now, we want to err on the side of caution. We don't want to say, well, I think, they're, I think they know Jesus, so I'm going to pass the... You, that's too, too much is at stake. Uh, consider that a person does not know Jesus until by their own testimony, their own words, and their own lifestyle, you're convinced they do. Does that make sense? Everybody that you don't, in those circles of relationships that you're not convinced of, write them on your list. Now, do not put your name on the cards, but please put their names down. Because I'm going to have you turn one of those copies in to me, and uh, we'll pray for them as well. We'll pray for them as well. But I want you to start by, uh, as we say on the screen there, making these two lists. Uh, you might want to focus on those who live within a 15 to 20 minute drive of our campus. Fayette, Coweta, South Fulton counties. They might be the people that you can most directly influence this year. And so after you do so, we're going to come back and pray for them. So I want you to take five or six minutes Music's going to play. I'm going to pray for you, and then you begin to write down the names of your people. Two identical lists. Lord, I pray now that you would help us to put aside the things that clamor for our attention, and would you bring to mind the people in our circles of relationships who need to know you, that we may identify them and then pray for them. Okay, here's what I want you to do. Now you've got both these, these cards, identical lists. I want you to take one card and put it this year where you're going to see it every day or at least every week. I keep mine in clip. I've got a, I keep a paper clip in the front of my Bible that I use most of the time and that I, that I teach from in all of our services. And I keep my list clipped right in the front of, of my Bible. I'd encourage you to do something because we're going to refer to them. We're going to pray for them all throughout this year. And I'm asking you to commit to pray for them at least once a week by name that they would come to faith in Christ this year. And then, and then just spend the rest of your life seeking in addition to your prayers to influence them to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you become a backyard missionary. You become the missionary to your circles of relationships. And uh, we'll be referring to this all throughout the year. Now, the second list, I'd like for you to do this. Uh, in, in just a few minutes, we're going to be passing the offering basket once again for our offerings. Just put the list as a, your commitment into the offering basket. I'm going to collect those. I'm going to see how many people we are as a church 
praying for and influencing to come to faith in Christ in 2017. And then I'll have this list for my own use uh, as well. Does that make sense? Got it? One list you keep, the other one you turn in in just a few moments. Okay? Others of you may have decided to follow Jesus for the first time today. You can let us know by taking your welcome card, checking the, the block on the back, the space on the back that says, uh, today I'm committing my life to Jesus Christ. Today I'm asking Jesus into my heart and life. And we'll respond to help you with your next steps of growth. But pray with me. And then we're going to sing. Lord, I uh, thank You for making a way for us. Making a way for us to know You. Thank You for the, the people in our lives, those relationships that You have used. Thank You for some of us using our parents, our mothers, our fathers. Thank You for some of us using our brothers or sisters. Thank You, some of us, for using our grandparents. Thank You for some of us using our own kids to lead us to faith in You. Thank You for using our friends. Thank You for using our neighbors. Thank You for those work associates who didn't give up on us. Thank You for using our uh, pastors and teachers and life group leaders. Uh, thank You for some of us just using strangers that we met in unusual circumstances who introduced us to You. Thank You that You've pursued us. Now, Lord, I pray that You would use us for the rest of our lives as backyard missionaries. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Dogwood Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message. For more information and other sermons, visit dogwood.church. If you'd like to give to Dogwood Church, you can use your smartphone and text keyword dogwood to 779-77 or click the Give link online. You can now download the Dogwood Church app for Apple and Android devices for podcast, video, and more.